but she was unleashing me and her own fierceness was a, you know, was a, um, a model that said, I can be fierce, you know, I don't have to be rolling up on folk, you know, but I, I can be passionate about learning. I can be passionate about the things that are important to me. I can find my own genius and uh, capacity uh, and giftedness. Yeah, it, my that class with her was a gift. Welcome to the Whole Student Podcast with Cal Balavent. Whole student refers to the magical moment when a student is fully seen, heard, and known. This is the spark of a relationship between student and teacher where the former is catalyzed on a journey beyond what they thought possible, and the latter is a proud advisor cheering from the sidelines. The Whole Student Podcast asks guests to reflect back to their moment, to the person who became a transformative teacher in their lives, and on the journey they were set upon. Our guest today is Zaretta Hammond. Zaretta Hammond is a national consultant and author of Culturally Responsive Teaching in the Brain, Promoting Authentic Engagement and Rigor for Culturally and Linguistically Diverse Students. Here is my copy. Um, Zaretta is uh, a former high school, uh, high school and community college expository writing instructor. For the past 20 years, she has supported schools and other institutions in deepening their understanding and application of culturally responsive practices. She currently runs the Culturally Responsive Education by Design Online PLC, a six-month intensive, inquiry-based, professional learning experience to build instructional capacity to use culturally responsive tools and practices effectively. Ms. Hammond is a strong literacy advocate who sits on the board of trustees for the Center for the Collaborative Classroom. She's also a member of the advisory board for the Consortium for Reading Education Core. It is my great pleasure to welcome Zaretta to the Whole Student Podcast. Welcome, Zaretta. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Um, so, Zaretta, I'm going to jump right into it uh, yeah. and ask you to describe yourself as a student. What words would you have used to describe Zaretta, the young Zaretta, as a student? Uh, first would be intellectually curious. Mm. Take that as one word. Hellion would be the next. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, independent thinker. Mm. Um, uh, advocate, uh, you know, rebel, I, all of those rolled up into one. Wow. Okay. Um, so take that student, take us to that point where that student felt seen, heard, and known for the first time. Set the stage for us. What, what, what was happening? What class was it? You know, I think it, um, wow. It, it's a matter of, you know, where I want to start because, for me, uh, a little bit of my own backstory, my mother was a teen parent. We grew up in the projects in Hunter's mm. Point. Um, mm -hmm. She lied about our address so we could go to a predominantly white and Asian school. And mm -hmm. there weren't a lot of folks that looked like me, either teaching or as students. So, you know, they kind of turned a blind eye to it. So mm -hmm. at the same time, you know, you can take the girl out of the hood, but as they say, and that came to school with me as I kind of defended myself from not being labeled and placed in some boxes. So mm -hmm. the teacher that saw me who didn't put me in a box was really Miss Alexander, my first grade teacher who taught me to read. Wow. And really just wow. nurtured that love, that intellectual curiosity part, right? Regardless of mm -hmm. what everybody else was saying about how we showed up and what we did, because we were just being culturally mm -hmm. congruent who we were. Um, 
she just latched on to my love of learning, my love of words, my desire to read. And I still have vivid memories of her kind of like, come on over to the rug and let's read and turning me loose in the library. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's wow. Chris there. I'd say also fifth grade, Miss Morris. Miss Morris was my first black teacher. And Miss Morris saw wow. the hell hellion. <laughs> and she was like, girl, let me come <laughs> over here. I need to pull your coattails on That's something. Right. So in one way, oh she saw goodness. me differently, right? She saw that I had a lot of potential. Mm -hmm. And what I couldn't see in myself, mm -hmm. she saw and really said, hey, listen, step into that. You don't have to push back so hard. You don't have to prove who mm -hmm. you are. You are you know, good enough as you are and nurture these other things. So she kind of wow. helped, helped me fly right. <laughs> Fair enough. So Miss Alexander saw you first. You saw Miss Morris also saw you, and they both had an impact on you. Yeah. And you talk about this in your book. You talk about the students that were coming into schools from different walks of life as you were progressing through schools that weren't prepared, and the, and the teachers weren't prepared to support them. And you had these transformative teachers having seen you, so you can yeah. come alive as a student. Um, wow. Uh, if you were to uh, you know talk to them today, uh, and if you're still in touch with them. Uh, you know, what might they, what might you say? Well, I think both of them have passed on. I'm old mm. enough to have, you know, to now mm. actually be in that almost elder, right? Auntie mm. status. Um, so, <laughs> so I just call back their memory, but I certainly would remind them that their instincts were correct. You know, the mm -hmm. instincts to just not put a student in a box and to nurture that relationship. I think for Miss Alexander to find the connection, right? What she mm -hmm. did was we were very different. She was a, mm -hmm. a, a white woman, older white mm -hmm. woman from, you know, the suburbs and predominantly white environments, but yeah. which we connected around the love of words and reading and stories and adventure. And she nurtured wow. that. Uh, Miss wow. Morris, you know, African-American woman, yeah. she, she understood what that meant for me to be walking and navigating those spaces. And she nurtured the best parts of my uh, fierceness and allowed me to have social emotional uh, intelligence to regulate mm -hmm. other parts. But both of them, I would uh, uh, acknowledge them and thank them for not, you know, adhering to these narratives of, you know, what a black girl could be or who mm -hmm. she is and limiting it around those narratives and to only see that part of me, but to wow. nurture all of me. Wow. The idea of seeing you fully, that being seen fully. Did you end up, as you went through the journey, did you end up having to uh, measure up your future teachers against this, uh, this model that you uh, got to experience both in first grade and later. Yeah, I always was, uh, and this was the gift I think Miss Morris gave me in terms of me understanding who I am and to mm -hmm. not kind of fall into the various paradigms that people wanted to place me in. And and right. here's the thing what's really important about that. Sometimes it wasn't just, you know, I'm going to push back on you thinking I'm less than, but mm -hmm. the idea that sometimes I diminish my own life. And that I turned wow. down myself because, oh, I don't want to be that angry black girl or I don't want to be, you know. So I started to kind of conform based on what messages I was getting. Wow. And I had the, the honor and privilege to have teachers who said, you don't have to edit yourself. Right. You don't have to do that. So that was certainly Miss Morris. 
by the time I got to high school, that was Miss McKenna. Miss McKenna was a white woman, hippie, mm -hmm. we're in the Birkenstocks, <laughs> and it was environmental science. And wow. again, we connected around the not only just intellectual curiosity, but her fierce belief in um, caring for the environment. Wow. And, you know, she was climate change advocate before there was a climate change advocate. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she, and she taught me, you know, she taught me so many things about caring for the earth and why, wow. you know, nuclear fusion wasn't a good idea and the half-life yeah. of that, you know, and what to eat. So it was all about this application of science to how we live. And wow. she put it in a racial equity paradigm before anybody was even talking about that. Like what, she did. Yeah. What, what did she, what did she, how did she do that? She, she asked everybody to go and look at what's happening in your neighborhood. Wow. And so what she said is this shows up differently in different ways. So she was tuning a lens and giving it language before I even knew that. So she was seeing me. So when I brought to her, like, hey, what about this? Wow. And she was able to kind of put some words around it. Here's some science. Go research that. Wow. And had me reading things that honestly would have been beyond what anyone else was giving me because they were putting me in a in a little bucket. They were putting me in a little, in a little, you know, little cage, a little <laughs> cognitive goodness. cage. But she was unleashing me. And her own fierceness was a, you know, was a um a model. It said I can be fierce. You know, I don't have to be rolling yeah. up on folk, yeah. you know, yeah. but I I can be passionate about learning. I can be passionate about the things wow. that are important to me. I can find my own genius and uh, capacity mm. uh, and giftedness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, my that class with her was a gift. Wow, and I, I I love what you said. She was unleashing me, like she saw all of what I could do and let me be who I was. Oh, that's brilliant. So uh, there's a point uh, that I've asked all of our guests uh, a question. It's a it's a fun little question to imagine. What would happen if you could bring five of your teachers in life to a meal and uh, who they might be? And, it, it, you know, you've mentioned three transformative teachers and they may very well be at that meal. And it might be different. So, Zaretta, who would you bring to the table? Well, I, um, I certainly would bring Miss McKenna and I'd bring Mr. Hudson. He was my 10th grade mm. um, teacher. Uh, social studies, only African-American man I ever had, one of the very few men that I had as a wow. teacher all through my K-12 experience. Wow. Um, and he was a wonderful, warm demander. He was a warm demander <laughs> and saw me in a different way. His was, I see you out here in these hallways, but he always kind of like invited me to level up. He didn't, you know, wasn't mm -hmm. a, a hard ass like Miss Miss Morris. Miss Morris scared me. Like I don't know if I'm inviting Miss Morris to dinner, but <laughs> but I'm like, uh, I, she definitely helped me level up. But okay. certainly, Mr. Huston would be there. I, you know, out of respect, I'd have Miss Morris there. I'd also have a couple of teachers. Miss Martini, I can think of, who was my fourth grade teacher. I gave her the blues. They're just a couple. I just need to, mm. you know, invite them to dinner to apologize because I was in my wild child <laughs> phase and right, just like a right. uh, couple of gym teachers, same thing, going head to head with them. Mm. Um, mm. So it just, you know, I think having the conversation to 
to honor them in the sense that each one of them brought something different. Even those that I went head to head with that I felt like really didn't understand mm -hmm. me. Um, and it's really just to mm -hmm. show them this, this is that thing that was there. Because so mm -hmm. often children are, are trying to come into their own and it's like anything else. Mm -hmm. It's just messy when it comes forth. It's, it's, it's wonky mm -hmm. and funky and unleashed. And, and part of what we have to do as those that are nurturing them is to help them tame it and claim it and mm. nurture it mm. and polish it and find just the right rhythm mm -hmm. for them. And too often what we tell folks to do, tell children to do particularly, is just put that light under a bushel. Like that's just too much. You you're too extra. I was right. I was extra. That's extra. right. <laughs> and, uh, and and the the reality yeah. is, every teacher has to be able to you know uh, understand that children are going to come. So that dinner really would be part honoring yeah. them, part letting them see kind of what the end product because that's one of the challenges teachers don't get is seeing mm -hmm. the end product. They have to have a proxy vision for who that child can be. And they have to That's look right. past the That's labels, right. not just how they would label, but the ways that we label black and brown children in this society. Mm -hmm. And they're mm -hmm. part of being, you know, an abolitionist teacher or culturally responsive teacher mm -hmm. is having that lens to look beyond what society tells you, you know, it, that right. child can only aspire to this or this is the aptitude we see now. And the reality mm -hmm. is, all those teachers that I named had a proxy vision. They saw something mm. I could not see and they were a whole space for me until I can come into that. And I just really would honor them and continue to have conversations about what I've learned as a teacher mm -hmm. because of what that means to hold space, to see students. And when you see them, what you going to do with that information? Exactly. Yeah. Zoretta, is this is wonderful, and I and I I never right right now usually end, but I never do this, but I have to do it because you're a person who not only noticed the transformative teachers in your life, but you noticed what it was that made them transformative. Uh, for those that will read your book, you talk about being the uh, being the girl from Hunters Point, going to school across the way, and and also noticing the students that were coming in and the disconnects they were having. And you really analyze that. You use a data-driven approach. Uh, the science, the, that environmental science, it still had an impact. You went That's in and right. you're like, you know, ask the questions. And, you know, I, I really want folks to pick up this book because I will tell you as a person who worked in the independent school world for a long time, there are a lot of opportunities for professional development that come along our way. And they'll notice, they'll all talk about the problem but very few talk about the tools for the solution. And culturally responsive teaching is about that transformative teaching, seeing students below the surface of that iceberg and really uplifting them so they can thrive in the classroom. It is, and here's the thing I will add, and I appreciate that endorsement of it, and helping teachers understand this is not just about cheerleading. This is mm -hmm. about helping students nurture that intellectual capacity they have. That's all the sure. teachers I named weren't just kind of like blowing smoke and like, hey, you could do good. This is not the grit and growth mindset kind of conversation. Mm -hmm. This is mm -hmm. really about, all right, build your skill and capacity, just like a journeyman carpenter or apprentice would. Mm -hmm. You need to get in there and have that time to kind of hone those skills. And the That's only right. way you hone it is by doing something. Right. Mm -hmm. Engaging in the productive struggle, having intellectual curiosity. Right. We got to be more Mr. Miyagi 
right? Yeah. And yeah. wax on and wax off versus yeah. I just need to cheerlead you. Mm -hmm. And this is just about engagement. That's what I see. And this what I want to get over and across to people in culturally responsive teaching of the brain is competence precedes confidence. We Definitely. can't just ask our students to be confident. And in mm -hmm. order to build that competence, we are going to have to take them to the edge, the growing edge of their own learning mm -hmm. and capacity. They're not going with a stranger. They're mm -hmm. not going with someone who doesn't believe with them. But Godsky right. says they are going to go with a mentor and someone they trust. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. I got you. You won't right. fumble around, but you know, <laughs> mistakes are just information. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's not confirmation of your low intelligence, right? You mm -hmm. got to be in their ear telling them that. And I think that's a thing we miss. We have right. overcorrected toward mm -hmm. this growth mindset engagement mm -hmm. thing. And mm -hmm. we miss how do we help them hone their capacity to carry more right. and more of that cognitive load. Right, right. Oh, my goodness. Zretta, thank you. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your spirit, your story, and your time. Uh, appreciate you. And for those listening, uh, class might be dismissed, but you know, there's, there's some stuff that you can do to improve who you are in the classroom and understand and acknowledge uh, the teachers in your life. You know, definitely pick up culturally responsive teaching in the brain by Zaretta Hammond. Thank you Thank for you. having me. Thank you. The Whole Student Podcast has been brought to you by Duncast. Produced by J.D. Scroggin, the Director of Marketing and Communication at the Dunn School, and co-produced by Brandon Scott of Comfort Food. Thank you for joining us.